Project Taryag, Day 53, Mitzvah Shin Mem Gimel, and that is the Isur Shaddai the Halvois, the Ribis the Israel, not to lend money to another Jew and take interest. The Torah calls interest both Neshech and Ribis, really they're synonymous. The Torah says, As Kaskochorotitin the Beneshech, one shouldn't give his money, but Neshech of a Matarbis or a Marbis, the Titan of Lecho. And the Gemara explains that the reason the Torah repeats the Isser is in order to be over on two loving for a person who does charge interest. The reason the Torah repeats the love is those Isserim where Chodesh Baruch wants to impress upon us the severity or how much he doesn't want us to do it. So therefore the Torah repeats, repeatedly warns us against it, so to be always in our minds, to be careful not to be nichshal in this Esther. And the reason for that is, is because part of Hashem's chesed is to warn them not to be over-averous and suffer the consequences. And therefore those things where it's more likely that a person will make a mistake, so he'll repeat the wording numerous times. There are three types of ribis. There's ribis which is terrible bits. It's called ribis ktutza. There's ribis which is awesome in Rabandan, which is called avak ribis. And then there's a third category which really should be mutter, but because of the severity involved in the isur, Rabbanan asked this as well. The first category of ribis to raisa is if a person borrows money with intention to pay back more than he receives, whether it's in installments or at the end of the term of the loan he borrowed 100 and at the end of the term of the loan he'll pay back 120, or a person borrows money and gives his house as a guarantee and in the meantime allows the borrower, the lender to make use of the house besides for receiving a full repayment of the loan, these are all cases of revistoracer. In the principle, any time that the lender receives a benefit for lending the money, which is stipulated up front, this is Rebus Minotera, and if that's the case, the Bastin have to re- return the money that was paid extra to the borrower. Either because Bastin will take away his property until he pays, or Bastin will force him by being Maka until he gives back the money. The second category of ribis, which came as a safeguard to the Darice, is ribis to Rabbanon, called Avak ribis. And that refers to any time where there was an unfair advantage to the lender. But ribis to Rabbanon can't be reclaimed by the Yanim. Examples of this are person who gives, let's say, livestock to somebody else and the agreement is that they would share the profit, but the person receiving takes full achrais, full responsibility, so the person giving the livestock has the guaranteed return of what he gave as well as the possibility of making a profit, or people who agree up front that someone's going to pay now for a certain quantity of fruit when the fruit will be available in the future 
and the, there isn't yet a price on the market for this fruit, in which case it could be that because you received the money now, you would end up paying less than market value later. These are both cases which are avak ribus, which look like ribus, and therefore I want to them. However, if there would really be a set price now, then it would be mutter even if he only wants to receive the fruit later on. However, if he would have the fruit himself that he had agreed to sell it later, or even a certain amount of those fruits, or they would be accessible easily, then one could make a deal and pay now for a certain amount you receive later. If that means that he has to have exactly the same kind of men, kind of species that he sold, or even something similar, for example, he stipulated that he wants to pay now for new wheat, and the person selling only has old wheat, is that considered also a men that is a similar species to what was being transacted, and then one can stipulate in a future price as well. Mechinok brings two opinions about that. However, if he doesn't have it and the number of steps Merachos involved in obtaining it, then if it would be only one activity missing, he'd be able to stipulate on it. If it was Mechus Shloshim Merachos, if there were three activities missing, then that's considered that he doesn't have it, and then that's the case, he wouldn't be able to sell it up front. Included also in the Eastern Rabban of Rebus is what's called Rebus Mukdemis or Mokharis, which means that a person gives the interest before or after the loan. So, for example, if a person gives a person presents in advance so that he'll give him a loan afterwards, or he borrowed money and returned it, and then after that he wants to thank him and sends him presents for the loan that he received, that's also Rebus, which comes afterwards and is also made Rabban. And then of a mashkanti which means that if a person gives something as a guarantee, collateral for a debt, and the malve, the lender, is allowed to use that object, but whatever benefit he gets from it is deducted from the amount owing on the debt, so that would be mutter, that would be allowed. There are those before we hold, however, that something which has a guaranteed income then even taking off the value of the nikui of the amount being used from the debt would be asked in the drabanan. And the only case which would be mutter is a case where there's a suffolk and it's not a guaranteed income, for example, a field which one doesn't know how much it will produce. And if it will produce, then a person takes off that amount per year based on the, the amount projected that it will produced. The Chinuch Paskans that both, in both cases, as when there's a guaranteed profit or not a guaranteed profit, the Hadacha is that Nikwi, which means taking off a certain amount based on the profit each year, would be allowed. Now the cases which look like Rebus, but when Mozart Rabbanu didn't ask them, is if a person would borrow money and in turn give his field as a collateral and then the owner, the lender would hire out that field to be used 
for the borrower to to hire back his own field, so so to speak, it looks like that the lender is getting a profit, is not really revis. However, Chazal forbade it because it looks too similar to revis. The cases which are muta completely and Chazal didn't forbid is if a person wants to sell a debt, even if he's selling it less than cost price because he wants money now for it, or Chazal permitted a person to give money to a lender in order to lend money to someone else. As long as the rebus wasn't from the lender to the borrower, Chazal didn't answer it. However, the Chinuch says, even if it's halakhically not forbidden, a person should try his best to avoid anything to do with rebus and not try and make a profit like that. He brings the Gemara which says, Anybody who involves himself in trying to profit from rivers will lose much more money than they could have potentially gained. This myth applies in every place in time, both to men and to ladies. And if a person is over in this and lends money with rivers, then at Torah he's over in this life and uh, Basin will forcibly remove it from him or force him to give it back. And if it's Midrabonan, so he's over in this Midrabonan. And even though Bastin won't intervene to return the money, but if he hasn't yet paid, Bastin will not bechayv him to pay the rebus. However, in a case where it's only a chashash, which Abonim will machmir about, then Abonim would still insist he has to pay Bastin his debt or his deal. And Bediavad, once they really agreed, Bastin aren't going to stop the sale. The Chinuch brings one more point here, and that is the concept of an asmachta, which means a person who agrees to something as a condition, that if he does or doesn't do something, then he'll he'll do something else in return. And the Gemara says asmachta like something which a person doesn't really believe is going to happen, and that's why he's making such an offer, so it doesn't take effect. However, this doesn't mean that a person can't make conditions, so it's clear that most of the transactions works with a certain understanding between the two parties, but rather he defines it as any time that a person makes a condition which is coming to penalize himself, so to speak, if he doesn't do something or does something wrong, then the condition, which so to speak is meant to be a punishment to himself, if, if he doesn't fulfill something, he doesn't really intend to carry out because he hopes to fulfill it, and if that's the case, it's not halakhically binding, it's called an asmachta, which means there wasn't full intention in the agreement of that part of the deal. And that is not to work with the Ebed Ivri in a way which is demeaning to him. The Pasuk says, One shouldn't treat him like a slave, even though he is called a slave, one shouldn't treat him like a slave. Has to be like a worker who is staying with you, which means there are certain activities which a slave would do which are very demeaning. That's also to instruct an every to do. However, those duties which a servant would do if he's staying in someone else's house, then those obligations are on an ever as well. Chazal give example of this, and that is for an ever to carry the master's clothing after him to the bathhouse would be something which is considered bosi, very demeaning, and therefore one can't treat an avid 
every like that, this is part of the general rule of how well a person has to treat his Evid Ivri. And this stuff we find that when it comes to the food that he gives him, one can't give him lesser quality bread or lesser quality wine than the modern drinks for himself. Or not as comfortable a bed, which results in the end of the person acquires the Evid Ivri, it's like he acquired a mask for himself because of how he has to treat him. The reason for this mitzvah, the Chinuch gives three. First one is because of the Ava, the love a person is meant to have for other Jews. And therefore, since the Ebed Ivri is a Jew, so the way a person treats another Jew has to be on a certain level. Secondly, a person would, should think that this Ebed that he's bought was only reduced to becoming a slave because of the circumstances he was in because of the various that he did and therefore it serves to remind the person that he has to be careful to obey Hashem's mitzvahs so Chas Hashem doesn't find himself in similar circumstances and lastly like always the Torah wants to develop our good midas and therefore the way one treats an Ebed is a way for him to develop his middle of Rachamim compassion for someone else and avoid cruelty and when a person prepares his Nefesh is, so to speak, himself to be good, then he becomes more roy to receive bracha from Hashem. This mitzvah applies both to men and to ladies, but only in the time when it was about him, which was the time when the Yovel was applied, when the whole Kaisha was in Israel. And if a person is over in this mitzvah and forces his every to do uh, demeaning tasks, he's been over in this lab. It doesn't have a mice and therefore you wouldn't be Chayat Malchus for doing it. Mitzvah Shin Memhei And that is not to sell an Ebed Ivri as well in a public in a public sale. And it says, Lai Yimachamim Keres Ebed, it shouldn't be sold the way they used to sell slaves, which means taken to the slave market and offer them up for sale. And uh, if one wants to sell an Ebed Ivri, one can, but it has to be in a more dignified and less public and embarrassing fashion. The reason for the mitzvah is the same as the previous one. And that is, we're talking about a fellow Jew, and therefore a person can't demean him so much to say him publicly. And it's applies both to men and to ladies, when the time was avoided, which means the time of the evil. And if a person would do it, he wouldn't be five months. The same reason as before, because it's impossible to do this without an action. And when there's no action, the Torah doesn't inflict the penalty. Mitzvah Shin Mevav, and that is not to make a Jewish slave to backbreaking neighbor. This is Latir Debogaparach, not make him work, so to speak, in a very difficult fashion. And Chazal extends this to include not just the physical difficulty of the labor, but the way it's being performed. And therefore, they said that to make somebody work without a clear end point in, in mind is also considered a form of parach or to make someone do activities which are completely unnecessary is also considered to be a way of parach. This mitzvah applies to men and to ladies when they slaves the time of the yobel but again if a person be over since it doesn't have to be done with an action more with a command there wouldn't be markers. There's a chinuch. Even though the Torah's definition of this mitzvah might not apply today, 
that the principle still applies. That is, if a person has workers who are working for him, then he should make sure to treat them also with compassion and with dignity. And a person should remember that money is a wheel which turns, and the wealth of today could become the impoverished of tomorrow. And even if a person manages to save and store a tremendous amounts of wealth, it could be that if a person doesn't deserve it anymore, Hashem will take it away from him. And therefore the fact that a person works to find favor by Hashem, should make sure to maintain the brachas that he has would be a reason for Hashem to keep them by him and not to lose them for someone else. Shin Mem Zayn, and that's the mitzvah by an Eved Kanani, not to set him free, but to keep him in, as, as an Eved forever. The Pasuk says, And from that Chazal understood that it's also to free an Eved Kanani. An Eved Kanani doesn't necessarily mean from the, from the nation of Canaan, it means any non Jewish nation. Canaan was just chosen as an example because he was already cursed by Noach that he and his descendants would be avoided forever. But any non-Jew who is acquired by a Jew as an Eved would become an Eved Knani. Or any child born to a Shifcha Knanis, a non-Jewish servant woman, even if the father was a Jew or even if it was the master himself, the child would be also an Eved Knani. Similarly, a Geretasha, which means a non-Jew who is allowed to live in Eretz Israel because he is relinquished of a Zarah, if he would choose to sell himself as a slave, so he would also get the din of an Evaknani. The Halakha of Evaknani is that he has to undergo conversion, which means Mila for a man and Tefillah for everyone, and thereafter he is Mukhuyub in Mitzvah like a lady is, and, is an and has the status of an, an which is like a semi-Jew. The Chinuch Paskin is like the opinion that says if one buys a slave, you can try for up to 12 months to get him to convert. But if at the end of that time he doesn't agree, so to speak, to go through the conversion process and become an Evaknani, then the master is to free him. The reason for this mitzvah, the Chinuch says, is since Klai Israel are the pinnacle of creation, they are there to serve Hashem, and therefore it's proper that the other nations should serve Klai Yisrael, so that Klai Yisrael shouldn't need to subjugate each other, because by getting another Jew to work for you, it minimizes his ability to serve Hashem. And therefore it's better that you find non-Jews who fulfill their purpose in the Bria by serving Klai Yisrael, rather than find Jews to work for him. That's what the puzzle carries on, and in contrast to the non-Jews, which was meant to work with, will get to work for him forever, it says of Achaychem ben Yisrael, Ishbeichem da'tirida. When it comes to your Jewish brethren, one shouldn't make them work as a slave, so that they, the Jews, will be able to devote themselves to Avedus Hashem. And therefore, since this is the underlying reason for the mitzvah, in order to fulfill a mitzvah, one would be allowed to free a slave. 
The Gemara gives an example, if one needs a tenth person for a minion, one could free the slaves. That way he would become a fully-fledged Jew and be allowed to participate as part of a tzvila b'tzibur. And even though minion is only midrabonon, and we're referring to an eset the still, since the reason for the mitzvah is, is in order to allow for mod of Eretz Hashem, therefore when freeing the Eretz would be in order to create Eretz Hashem, it would be mutter to do that. The halach is that an Eretz, if he would be freed, would need a get shecher, which means a star, a document from the owner saying he's free. And the halach is that if one could sell him for money, or if one accidentally blinds an eye or knocks out a tooth, or injures one of his 24 extremities, knows the fingers, the toes, etc., then he goes free. So that means basically will force the owner to free him and write him a star shekhar. Similarly, the halach says that if a person sells an adiknani to non-Jews, then he goes free. Or a Jew in Eretz Yisrael sells an Eretz to a Jew living out of Eretz Yisrael, and that way he'll be forced him to leave Eretz Yisrael, will also go free. And the reason is because the Eretz who was chayv to a certain level of mitzvahs, is now prevented him from being able to keep them. Similarly, if an Adon, a master, acts to his Eretz in a way which one wouldn't act with avoid him, for example, to let him read the Torah Barabim, or to put on which are all mitzvahs applicable to men, and therefore it would only apply to free Jewish men and not to avodim, who are mechubin mitzvahs like ladies. So therefore, that's also a sign that he's freed him. And if that's the case, we make the other and the master write him a get shechur. And even though that would mean that he's been rebattled, this mitzvah I say of not to free, this mitzvah later say of not to free. And have a It applies in all times and places, both to men and to ladies. The din of Avaknani is not dependent on the evil. And even though Khazal said that a lady shouldn't buy Avodim because it looks suspicious, why would she would have men in her house? The person did spree his Avid and he's been over this Mr. Sase of the Oilam Baham to Avodim.